Welcome to the SN Off the Shelf podcast. I'm Russell Redman, Managing Editor at Supermarket News. The recently announced Kroger-Albertsons merger deal reminds us of the ongoing drive for scale in the grocery industry. But when it comes to retailer relationships with CPG suppliers, scale doesn't always mean everything, especially in the small and mid-sized business arena. That's where mid-tier grocers are particularly important. Speaking with us today is Andrew Kreisus, Senior Vice President and General Manager of SMB at Market Researcher Nielsen IQ. He says middle-level grocery retailers bring more to the table than meets the eye. Even when CPG manufacturers uh, do break into the assortments at big chain retailers, uh, the bulk of their sales volume, especially in grocery, still may come from mid-tier stores. Kreisus explains. The deepest and most loyal consumer relationships also may be found in this retail segment. Regional and smaller grocers with loyal customer bases stand as bread and butter sales channels for SMB brands, as well as destinations for positive consumer and brand interactions. He notes, um, these stores also may offer brands high visit frequency and generate among their largest average basket sizes. Let's find out some more about how mid-tier grocers and SMB brands can cultivate relationships and grow market share together. Thanks for joining us today, Andrew. Ross, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, as I touched on in my uh, intro, uh, for small and mid-sized CPG manufacturers, it's a home run when their products get picked up by a a national or major regional Mm -hmm. grocery chain. Uh, But as you've said, uh, mid-tier grocers remain a linchpin of uh, these CPG companies' sales equation. Can you talk more about this dynamic in today's marketplace and at the same time, give your definition and examples of uh, mid-tier grocers? Yeah. Yeah. When we talk about um, mid-tier grocers, I think the the key is that they're regionally focused. So so that's where we kind of think of what's the definition Mm -hmm. of of a mid-tier grocer. So it's perhaps like a Hy-Vee in Iowa, um, a good food holdings on the West Coast side, right. fresh market in the Southeast. Those are kind of the true staples of, of mid-tier and regionally focused grocers. Um, and I think there's some pretty interesting insights here. We, we ran a global survey and global analysis that called the 2022 Brand Balancing Act, um, really kind of laser focused on SMB consumers, the market around the SMB segment of emerging brands. Um, and, and what we discovered is that shoppers associate small and emerging brands as being local. Um, there's a very close connection to it, um, a, a high percentage kind of relationship there. And so what that means is that we see more and more of these brands that are local consumers looking for local um, and engaging in smaller format stores. Um, and they expect to find those more um, you know, local niche brands within some of these regional um, you know, mid-tier grocery players. Um, so that's where we kind of see the strong connection that can breed a strong sales position if, if you play the structure and the cards correctly. Um, the other thing that we found out was that a quarter of our survey respondents, um, and this was about 15,000 respondents, uh, buy emerging brands exclusively at independent retailers. Um, so a pretty significant amount of emerging brand consumers are going to these independent retailers or regional players. Um, and that's just a really important understanding. So it's not to say that um, the large formats aren't important. They are critical. And like you said, it is a home run, <laughs> right? That is kind of the, the end goal. Like you want to hit the home runs, um, but you also need to round a few bases. And that's where we think these, you know, regional formats are, are playing a big role. 
Right. So like, as you're saying, the, the mid-tier uh, grocers are offering like, something different and the consumers are seeing that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, consumers are def definitely seeing some variety and, and differences. Um, and I think one of the advantages when you look at like the mid-level grocers, um, the key here is, is really being able to spotlight emerging brands. So I think it's the local connection. So the, the natural story is a really significant one when you look at some of the regional players, uh, as well as when you look at local you know, shoppers. Um, and also some of these uh, mid-level grocers can probably better afford doing small brand promotional activities, right? They're smaller mm -hmm. scale, um, potentially get better shelf space. Um, right. when you look at some of these, you know, mid-level grocers compared to a large format that needs to do this across, you know, every state or every country, um, you know, large brands are always going to have that advantage from a resource standpoint. Um, but emerging brands can now start to actually leverage more data and insights to get better placement. Um, one of the things we do with the Nielsen IQ is we built a platform for emerging brands called Visor. Um, mm -hmm. And it speaks directly to some of the insights you can get with mid-level grocers, be able to build your story and credibility so that you can get that, you know, home run. Um, one, of, one of the fun companies I worked with, uh, Serenity Kids, which is a, a baby food uh, manufacturer. I've got two mm -hmm. girls, two babies at home, um, is just a great example of this, of, of, of really growing from uh, regional international players, getting into Whole Foods, leveraging insights and data around their loyalty um, to really kick off, um, a perspective with retailers that they should, you know, begin to expand nationally and that they have the capability to, um, and they've got the customer repeat. So I think that's just a, a great example of, you know, having the insights, having the data, but then also using that strategy of understanding your regional format, understanding your national format, um, and, you know, small brands can compete today. And that's the exciting thing. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the other advantages uh, that jump out of you that uh, mid-level grocers offer the CPG manufacturers, large or small? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest, um, you know, is the ability to partner closely on the brand mission and story. Um, and I'll give an example. I was just talking with a uh, company the other day, um, Machu Picchu uh, and, and their CEO, and he was sharing an example of, I think it was either Good Food Holdings or another uh, uh, mid-tier retailer, was actually able to work with them very closely um, and really took in like what their mission is mm -hmm. beyond just the product. And, and so they were kind of co-going to educational events, um, supporting schools, trying to help thrive and create education around CPG brands in kind of underfunded uh, school systems. And so I think that type of you know, mid-level grocer format, closer connection to the emerging brands and not just the product on shelf, but the mission. Um, the reason it's important is it connects consumers. Consumers are caring about the mission. They're caring about what the brand stands for in addition to just the experience with the product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, of course, a strong retailer, supplier collaboration on things like data, merchandising, marketing typically provides the best route to success for both. Um, but is it easier for CPG companies to strategize with mid-tier grocers than with large chains? And if so, why or why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly everything seems easier when you think large uh, versus small, <laughs> but I think it all comes right. down to relationships uh, and having data that speaks directly to a retail partner and their challenges. Um, so data like velocity changes, understanding how consumers mm -hmm. shop um, a product online versus offline is important you know, given a specific channel, um, insights around a digital shelf, you know, identifying out of stock issues in any store within the region, 
um, will all make it easier for any CPG company, regardless of if they're midsize, you know, you're working with a midsize or large retailer. Um, and so that provides at least, you know, a seat at the table. So I think that data standpoint is, is critical and provides that route to access versus historically a lot of that insight to drive your analysis would be, you know, totally unaccessible. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, one of these, you know, mid-level grocers, you know, may not have the insight in some of the data, but, you know, with, as I mentioned, Pfizer, this platform, um, it does give emerging brands that opportunity um, and share findings with grocers. So one of the key things I talk to brands is that as the, as you work with a buyer, um, you know, buyers don't necessarily have the capacity when you get to some of the mid-level grocers and smaller grocers to do all the data analysis that a, a large, you know, format retailer would do. Um, and so the data story, if you can provide that um, in your collaboration with the buyer, it's going to really help simplify their day, right? It makes it easier for them to make a decision. It's probably going to put you in a better light than if you didn't have insights or, or data. Um, and I think that's a big piece of just how you drive a successful engagement as a CPG brand. Well, well another thing that you've uh, pointed out was that uh, while large chains may offer CPG companies uh, a longer reach, they may not necessarily provide uh, better customer engagement and brand interactions than the mid-tier grocers. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great point. I think for the, um, I would say, you know, overall, you know, quality over quantity strategy is like the, is the best way to think about this. So for an emerging brand, it all goes back to quality of interactions that brands get. Um, inside some of the smaller chains. So in the 2020, 2022 Brand Balancing Act, um, we found that shoppers want to buy small. Um, they see small brands as product, you know, producing products that better fit their lifestyle and attributes. Um, so there's a, there's a natural partnership to lean into for emerging brands and the mid-tier grocers. Um, and in fact, I think it's four in 10 shoppers in the survey said that they prefer to buy small. Um, so it's, it's not to say that large chains and brands don't provide products that meet very shopper needs, but the global respondents, and we did this in a number of countries view emerging brands as being better at meeting shoppers lifestyles and, and, you know, attributes you think about health and wellness, mm -hmm. um, it opens that door for them to tell a story for the shoppers at a mid-tier grocer. You know, of course, SMBs, uh, emerging brands in general are going to be behind, um, you know, large CPG in store level marketing, right? So, so the cost to, to market and store, to get traffic, to get shelf space, to compete, um, as well as the cost of online, you know, traffic driving tools. But the opportunity is definitely there, especially, you know, via some of these uh, mid-sized chains. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess kind of uh, building on that, uh, what kind of customer insights can mid-level grocers offer CPG companies that they may not get from big retailers? Yeah. Um, well, data can definitely be an advantage. It's also can be overwhelming. <laughs> so in, in some ways, working with national retailers can add a level of complexity, right? Like, frankly, not all companies are staffed to fully embrace and execute against, right? Both from an ops standpoint, as well as strategy standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, so national retailers will have different, you know, planograms to manage dozens or more distribution centers, um, regional pricing strategies that you have to manage across different buyers. Um now, you know, some of the insights that can be really beneficial is, is leveraging some of the insights from a, a platform like Pfizer with, with Nielsen IQ, um, where we're really trying to automate some of that analytical rigor so that if you don't have a staff of like five salespeople to interface with all these different regional buyers across these national chains or mid-level grocery chains, 
um, you're able to scale the effort of someone on your team to be able to gain insights, to run things automatically, to schedule, you know, your quick reports, to schedule a category review. Um, and it's, we've taken all the way to the point where now you're able to automatically build, uh, with some incredible AI technology, your pitch deck. Um, so you're you're going to a category review with, uh, you name the retailer in four minutes, you can generate a pretty incredible, you know, 30 slide deck with real intelligence behind it and recommendations. Um, so we're trying to take the burden off of, you know, having to limit your ability to scale, um, with some of those insights and, and that's going to help you know, CPGs work with mid-level grocers. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one thing uh, we hear a lot from uh, small and uh, independent grocery chains are uh, concerns that large chains wield too much power. Uh, they say they use their scale to command more favorable supply terms and things like lower pricing, special product package sizes, and uh, they get first call on high demand items. Do SMB uh, manufacturers encounter a similar situation uh, in that the big CPG companies get first dibs with the large retailers? And uh, if so, do mid-sized grocers provide a valuable outlet for them? Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you know one of the interesting takeaways from the um, Brand Balancing Act um, is that you know amid all the inflationary pressures that we have, uh, consumers are buying a greater variety of brands. Um, so 51% of global respondents said that they're buying a larger variety of brands across multiple categories, more than they did before COVID. Um, so that, so that's indicative 67% that said they, you know, look, if they look hard enough, they can find a brand that, you know, fits their exact needs. So this tells us like the mid-tier grocers and emerging brands um, can accommodate by delivering choice and innovation. I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. So even when times are tight, consumers want products that are better for their health, more sustainable, whatever it might be from a lifestyle standpoint. So brands need to deliver on that. Um, A study also found that those buyers who strictly buy small brands will buy a store brand if their preferred brand is gone or to save money. Um, but it's still a low percentage, but something that I think will definitely, you know, shift as we think about that inflation and, and, and the pricing, you know, situation that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. On, regarding inflation, uh, well, uh, food at home uh, inflation is still elevated and, and consumers are basically zeroing in on low pricing deals and discounts as they make their product choices. Um, how are mid-tier grocers and SMB manufacturers trying to accommodate them? And are they at a disadvantage to, to the bigger players? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great uh, point. So while I can't speak to specific you know, limitations, um, I, I do think there is an advantage here. So emerging brands simply do like, they do need to innovate no matter the retail classification, um, national, regional, local, independent. I think of it as like one of the fastest ways for, um, you know, one of the fastest growing areas of any store is, is the better for you products. Yes. Um, so that's always where many of the emerging brands are focused right now. Um, further, uh, you know, double downing, double diving into that, um, the type of better for you items resonating most strongly with consumers are likely and will vary, but um, by geography and shopper, you know, demographics. So mm-hmm. like that plays into a local advantage. Um, we were talking about, you know, the merger, right? There are nuances there, um, as we were discussing earlier, small retailers also may offer more defined and targeted, targeted customer base. 
um, which kind of help you determine one of the things I help companies with is like, what's the right match? Where should you be growing mm-hmm. from a retail standpoint that can help you narrow in um, versus being really broad and it's pretty inclusive. Um, uh, retailers with broad shopper base of, you know, varying demographics, varieties, you know, just, it adds another layer of complexity. doesn't mean you can't do it, but you need to navigate it and have the right insight to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, at the, the top of our talk, I, I mentioned the proposed Kroger-Albertsons merger. Um, if that deal gets approved, um, how do you see that affecting the playing field in terms of yeah. large grocery chains having leverage with CPG manufacturers, as well as market power over mid-size and small supermarket retailers. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. Um, so again, details and expectations, I think are still emerging, but you know, an industry merger of this size um, does provide, I, I think, a, a, a substantial opportunity for emerging brands, but it's not without its challenges. Um, so larger retailers will often have, you know, very customized way of viewing their data structure. It's the retailer defined hierarchy, the RDH, um, that can limit sometimes collaboration and effective strategy, you know, planning sessions. If smaller brands don't present the data in the right format or present it with an understanding of the same kind of universe. So, you know, retailers want to see the the data and their definitions of categories and competitive sets, Mm -hmm. the way that they run their business. Um, so I think, uh, one that's going to provide some challenges there, but as long as there's access and availability of the data, I think that's a, that's positive, meaning that there's more opportunity longer term. Um, and then I think it could on the, on slightly negative side, add a little bit more complexity, um, just to that process. Right. Um, so in that consolidation, there may be reduct, you know, are there changes in store formats? Are there reduction stores? That will right. certainly change the local dynamic where you might have like an Albertsons near a Kroger, right? And so if one of those was taking on emerging brands, is that going to change where maybe they're going to reduce the emerging brand footprint um, and just consolidate some of the larger brands? Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a mix of that. It's going to add some complexity until we actually see it you know, fully implemented on the ground. We won't know. Um but again, I, I think there's opportunity there because you have a more potentially successful and healthier business long-term, mm-hmm. but definitely at a local level, um, some complexity. Right. With all those uh, markets and stores to go through. <laughs> yep. 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 A lot of assortment to work through. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's all the questions I have today. Andrew, thanks uh, again for taking part in our podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.